friends, this is episode 31 of Dope Nostalgia. I'm Naomi, your host. My guest today is from the female rap group, a force to be reckoned with back in the 90s, Oaktown's 357. And you know where they're from, Oaktown, Oakland, California. Sweet LD is joining me today to tell me about the history of the group and what they're doing now, of course, and about all those times they spent with MC Hammer. They were doing backup dancing and singing, and I'm going to tell you more about it right now in this Wikipedia moment. Wikipedia moment. Isn't this fun? Yeah. Oaktown 357 were a female rap group formed by MC Hammer in 1989. The core members of the group were Little LP, Terrible T, and Sweet LD. They began their career in the music and entertainment industry as background dancers in Hammer's Posse, featuring in his music video for Pump It Up. Their performances as dancers and their creative side as lyricists drew Hammer's interest around the time when he was searching for a female group to create. After hearing Little P rapping on the microphone, rehearsing for a dancing show, Hammer decided to present the idea to all the ladies about becoming vocal performers. Shortly after the suggestion, Oaktown's 357 was formed. The name Oaktown is a nickname for Oakland, California, and the 357 Magnum was chosen to represent their powerful dance moves. Oaktown's 357 Wild and Loose was their first album, released in 1989. Soon after the release of the first album, Phyllis Charles left the group. That was Little P. Sweet D and Terrible T stayed and continued to show and prove that they were more capable of being women hip-hop artists in a male-dominated industry. Oaktown's 357's second release in 1991, Fully Loaded, included more material written and co-written by Terrible T and Sweet LD and Treasure Williams. The group's hit singles include Yeah Yeah Yeah, Juicy Gotcha Crazy, We Like It, and Turn It Up. Terrible T and Sweet LD, along with MC Hammer, were members of the West Coast Rap All-Stars, who sang on the Grammy-nominated single, We're All in the Same Gang. Due to internal conflict between the management and record company representing Oaktown 357, this group was unable to receive the consistent support they needed to be a successful act, and they split up in 1992. Now joining me to talk about the group and where they are now, check this out. This is Sweet LD joining me on the show. Yeah, I'm trying to get to studying into some studying in today. So yeah. Oh, what are you studying? I am right now tra- taking a certification for health coach. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Are you? Yeah, it's exciting. Looking for like a new <laughs> a new career path. Um. Yes, I, I am. I'm I'm reinventing myself. I guess a little bit. Uh, when we were performing, we didn't realize that that was considered or could be considered working out. We, we, you know, didn't know. So now, you know, today fitness includes dancing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm already teaching as a Zumba instructor while well, was certified, but I um, canceled that membership. And so I just teach fitness dance now, but I have a um, personal training certification, mm-hmm. group X certification. So now I want the health coach and the nutrition so just moving up the ladder. Yeah, just make everything well-rounded. And mm-hmm. hey, congratulations. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited. Oh, well, I mean, I spent yesterday watching some of your videos and such. Mm-hmm. And I, can say, I, I would say 
and you've been you've been working out and dancing for years um yeah i mean that's what i'm saying we had no idea um that that would be considered uh, like a sport even mm -hmm. to you know so to speak or uh, anything related to fitness it just it was work but it was fun it was fun don't get me wrong it was fun but i've been dancing since i was like five years old and then professionally since i was 23 i think i met him when i was 23 24 something like that well that kind of leads into where i'm going with the uh with the questions i was gonna say because like we did an episode on mc hammer a couple of weeks back um oh cool uh-huh he was he he didn't agree to come on the show of course but i did reach out to him <laughs> uh, so uh -huh. he was the first concert i went to and i'm up in canada so i'm pretty sure oh wow that, i'm pretty sure okay. that you guys were on that tour and, um, and and I think you I were can't say no. Sure. I don't think so. I thought you. Might I don't have think. Mm, now let me just let me just ask your forgiveness right now because some okay. things I don't recall, <laughs> but I'm pretty. I'm kind of like pretty sure we didn't make it to Canada. Mm. Um, by that time, he may have had um, the other dancers with him. Possibly. So yeah, I don't think that we opened for him in Canada. I just don't recall it, but I know we went to Hawaii. I do remember that. Yeah. And I believe we went to Japan once or twice. Okay. Um, yeah. But anything outside of that, I don't recall us doing. I think, yeah. I think just the fact that I had heard of you and your music then at that time. Mm -hmm. So right, I, I think that's right. part of, I discovered that through him. Um, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So you went to Japan and then you did some uh, the U.S. tours and such dancing. How did this all come about? We, we did all of that. Um, basically, for me, uh, everybody met Hammer differently at different times um, in the very beginning. So for me, I met him at a club called Silks. Yes, Silks. I don't know why that just escaped me just now. But yes, Silks in Emeryville, California. Mm -hmm. um, and we, when I say we, it was myself and about eh, four or five of my girlfriends. And that was just a place we hung out. So at that time, um, we went to Silks, mm -hmm. uh, probably got there like 10, 11 o'clock, maybe midnight. And we didn't leave until they closed, which was usually at 6 a.m. in the morning. So this particular night, um, he was there, I think, with Ace one of the other dancers with us in the beginning uh, from the posse. And um, they were doing the Cabbage Patch and the Cabbage Patch was really new back then. I just had another friend teach me how to do it. So I'm in the club and I'm, you know, doing this dance, but I saw Hammer doing it and it was like really different. You know, he puts mm -hmm. a little spin on stuff when he does it. So I'm watching him, but I never said anything. And of course he and Ace are in the middle of whatever floor this was, uh, the dance floor at the time. Um, gaining an audience you know people are watching like ooh and on and stuff like that and the reason why i say which floor is because silks was known to have three levels mm -hmm. so i'm not sure which level we were on and they played different music on each level of the club so it was three levels um but yeah he was doing his thing with ace and they were killing it and um we left the club closed what have you but on our way home my friends and i noticed that hammer had stopped at the um gas station mm -hmm. so not too far from the club and so we were like who's gonna go talk to him i was like oh there's that guy blah blah mm -hmm. and so finally i get out and i go talk to him and i introduce myself and i just say hey i saw you doing 
um, the Cabbage Patch, could you show me how to do it the way you did it? You know, the way you do it. And he was like, really? So of course he thought I was flirting and, (laughs) you know, that wasn't my whole 100% intention, but I was the kind of person that if there was a new dance out, I wanted to know how to do it because I knew I was going to whatever club and I was going to, you know, just kill it. So I thought the way he did it, he could show me. He was like, sure, meet me back here, you know, in a couple of weeks. So we exchanged numbers and he called a couple of weeks later. He's like, I'm going to be at the club. You guys come down. I was like, cool. And that's how that pretty much started. We hung out the entire night. He had Ace with him. Hmm. It was still me and my friends. Um, we hung out the entire time, pretty much dancing, you know, just talking, chatting. And then at one point he was like, um, do you guys want to be in a video? And he showed us the album that he had just completed, which was the Holy Ghost Boy. Hmm. Uh, I think it was MC Hammer, the Holy Ghost Boy. But anyway, he invited myself and another friend that was there with me that night to be in a video. And so for us, of course, we discussed it and we were like, yeah, you know, we want to do it because videos were becoming popular. Mm-hmm. And we thought, well, we'll be video girls and be cute. And, <laughs> you know, that was the gist of that whole thought process. But it did not start that way. What he did was he was in his mind putting together his show Mm -hmm. so she and i and ace were his backup dancers he had two djs and a hype man and this was the mc hammond the posse and we started rehearsals before any video ever took place so yeah that's how that started. We did not start out as the cute video girls <laughs> till but this is uh, much later. Still, yeah. still a great place to start out with. And oh, of course. And then yeah. unexpectedly, but yeah. And then the posse continued to grow over time, and albums came out. And yes. And and how did the posse did grow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. the biggest production I think I've ever seen for the amount of people on stage. For hip hop, yes. I believe it was probably the biggest. I have no doubt. Because I think he ended up with six hype men, two groups that were backup singers, uh, probably 10 to 15 dancers, I'm guessing. I think he had two drummers. I mean, he, it was large. It yeah. was large. I just lost count. But yeah, yeah. it was huge. Mm-hmm. Now, how did Oaktown's 357 come from that? Um, one of the backup sing, no, back, backup dancers, one of the other backup dancers, uh, female, Lil P, mm-hmm. um, well, let me back up just a tad bit because Hammer had now, um, gotten a record deal with Capitol Records. Mm-hmm. He was wanting to offer or present other groups that he was producing. Mm-hmm. So one was Ace Juice and the other group he was trying to come together with was a three or four female group mm-hmm. called Oaktown's 357. That was the name he wanted to use. Now, by this time I'm there, we have another dancer, Lil P, mm-hmm. and then Terrible T mm-hmm. and Ace. So there's four, three girls and one guy. Um the other girl that started with me, Carla, way back in the beginning, she had left. Mm-hmm. So we have myself, Lil P, Terrible T, and Ace. And Hammer's got his record deal. He's trying to present, you know, other groups to Capitol Records for his package mm-hmm. himself to other groups. Um, and so the young ladies that he was auditioning, 
didn't fit what he had in mind. And he happened to hear Lil P, you know, um, how do you say, uh, rapping, I'm sorry. She was rapping to salt and Peppa's you, a tramp. I think it was tramp. And so he overheard her during rehearsal and he was like, Oh, okay. She sound pretty good, which she did. Mm-hmm. She had the ability to dance, very bubbly personality. He was like, Hey, listen, I can make you a solo artist. And she was like, no, I'm not interested, but I will do it if you have um, Dewana and Tabitha do it with me. Now, I'm birth name is Dewana and Tabitha is terrible tea. So she made an agreement with him that if he um, put us together in a group, then she would be willing to, you know, extend her repertoire. Yeah. So (laughs) that's how that happened. And it was a blessing. Again, uh, we didn't expect it. You know, we were fine being the backup dancers and, you know, having a good time and create choreography and traveling, mm-hmm. you know, the upside of it. But now this was going to be a new opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's how Oaktown 357 came from that. So he decided that we had the look, that we were able to dance, and now we needed to extend our ability to rap. You know what I'm saying? So it was fun. Nope. It was really surprising that we did as well as we did. Um, it was wonderful. Being new to everything. Oh my God, we loved it. Yeah, just being new to everything. It was it was really interesting. So yeah. Yeah, I loved That's your look. I, I loved your look. I loved the like the album cover. It was really nice. I thought this is this is a great package. You guys did great. Oh yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. I mean, it was um how do you say on the job training? How about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the job training. Was, yeah. So with combined with the group and doing the backup dancing on Hammer's tour, did it mm-hmm. ever, did it ever be, was it always a positive experience? Did it ever become overwhelming? And what did you learn from being in the Hammer family? Um, no, it was not always positive. Yes, it did become overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot the other question. What did you say? Um, just wondering um, what you learned overall from being in the Hammer family in the posse. Oh, okay. So for me, especially now in 2020, and I listened to the stories such as yourself, which you just said, you thought the package was great. You loved our outfits, the album covers, whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. I'm learning the um, impact that Oak Towns 357 actually had mm-hmm. um, in hip hop. So I'm still learning that today, 30 some odd years later. So um, that's one thing that I've learned. Number two is that my talent um, surpassed my expectation even for myself. So that's the other thing. And then- um, That's a wonderful mm, thing to learn. Yeah. No, it it really is because you have a certain expectation of yourself given the title. Mm -hmm. So with a backup dancer, you understand what's expected of you, especially when you have the person in front of you who is the the feature Mm -hmm. saying, this is what I want to present. This is how I want it to look. And you guys need to do this. And so we're working to um, create that, you know, to accommodate his vision. Um, and in that learning how to make sure that all those little things he's looking for, that they're met. Um, so we're learning ourselves as individuals, how we dance, and then we're learning ourselves as a group. So how do I look? 
dancing with terrible T Lil P and Ace, and they probably had to think about the same thing. So you're looking at spacing and mm. timing, and you know, I can't look over at one of them to see what they're doing. No, I have to make sure that my face is looking at the audience and they can feel me. We all had to learn that. We didn't have mirrors in the beginning. Mm -hmm. We used the uh, reflection off of the window because the, the location where we rehearsed, it was a abandoned, I say abandoned, but an empty office building. Right. So there was no furniture, no mirrors on the, no uh, ballet bars, no dance floor, none of that. But they had these big windows that at a certain part of the day, you could actually see your reflection. So we used that. Um, we spaced ourselves. A lot of this happened either with him or there, uh, physically there, or either him, you know, being called on the phone. He's like, okay, how's it looking? And, you know, he had uh, two big MC to kind of give him feedback and then say, you know, what is it looking like? And so we're constantly repeating the choreography, cleaning it up. Mm -hmm. So like I said, it was on the job training because that was something I never really had to do as a cheerleader. Mm. Or a dancer, you know, taking dance classes. I didn't have to really depend on another group um, uh, member yeah. to make me look, you know, uniform. Cheerleading is different. You know, you can kind of look over, but again, you still want that whole uniform um, presentation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, my talent, my abilities, um, my creativity, all of that surpassed my expectation starting out with him as a backup dancer and then ending up actually as an artist mm -hmm. on stage. Um, the growth, say for instance, you start out and you're like helping your mom put flour in the bowl, but now you've, you know, grown to the point where now you can actually bake the cake. That's you right. know what I'm saying? So that's where we made it to. I mean, Lil P left. So it's just myself and Terrible T. And now we're opening for Hammer. And what we're having to do is actually create a show. Mm -hmm. So now we're not his bag of dancers anymore. We're going to be in the front with microphones. Yes. Having to rap and dance and project. This is way different than what we expect. And now we have dancers mm -hmm. and a DJ. You know what I mean? So now you have to say, what songs are you going to do? What order? What's the choreography? What's the conversation going to be in between? Where's your breaks? That was us. And how much so. control did you both have over that now that it was your group? How much control did, did you guys have personally? Or was it being overseen by whether it be Hammer or the record company? Um, prep for the show, I yeah. would say... Um, I want to say like 80, 85% mm -hmm. control because we're creating the choreography for the songs yeah. um, that we're doing for the videos that we're going to do for Oak Towns 357. We're creating the opening show now, mm -hmm. which is a 10, 15 minute show. However much it is for opening acts now. So we're creating that. So a lot of control um, was on myself and Terrible T. And then our dancers to help with choreography and, you know, placing them. Same thing we had to go through as dancers. We had to do the same thing with them. Um, and then also trying to communicate how much we wanted to be involved with our dancers when we danced on stage for our show. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot. Then once we did it um, and ran it by Hammer, then he was like, okay, that works. You know, might need to tweak this. But a lot of control was on us to present um, 
a decent show when we opened up for him. Good. That's really positive. I'm glad to hear that you guys like saying it. I heard rumors. Yeah. I'd read something online, which is my first mistake. But I mean, I heard I had heard rumors that some people in his posse at the time over time felt restricted and felt like that they couldn't do things that they wanted to do. And that Hammer run of such a tight ship that it was almost claustrophobic. That's on another aspect of it. I wouldn't say um, we experienced that mm -hmm. as, let me see, the opening act. I don't think we experienced that constriction mm -hmm. or restriction as an opening act. I think we experienced that. And, and when I say opening act, that means that we were given the opportunity to open his show. Whatever tour he was on, we were the opening act. And then he would have acts come after us. And then we would go back and perform with him mm. as the headliner. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So there was a lot of work that went into that because we had to know our show. And then we had to go back and remember the choreography with him. So there was double duty there. It's a lot of work. But, oh yeah, it was a lot of work. So that's what I'm saying. To me, I learned a lot about my ability, you know, one, to learn <laughs> on the job training, but to also produce, you, you know what I'm saying? But the restriction comes with, um, depending on the circumstance, how much freedom you have. So where we felt restriction was actually learning our place um, as independent artists, you know, as a real viable group. What does it mean to read the the charts mm -hmm. where your song is you know what does it mean to follow billboard billboard or what does it mean to pay attention to um, distribution you know or record pools or video jukebox and you know all these types of things what is it how does that fit into what we're doing mm. so i can see the restriction because you're again i'm gonna use the baking analogy <laughs> your mom says hey you do great with um what is it? Putting flour in the bowl. Okay, I'm going to show you something else. So there's a constant growth where she's helping you get to the point where you can actually bake the cake, right? Mm -hmm. But once you bake that cake, that's, that's the only cake she allows you to bake. Mm -hmm. That's it. She doesn't teach you the value of, okay, you made this cake and it tastes good. So maybe you want to add some of this, tweak this. This is what it means when I present this cake to the customers, you know what I mean? The customers are responding a certain way. They're coming back and ordering. You see the orders increasing, but you really don't understand why. Yeah. Feel what I'm saying? Yeah. How come the people like it? How come they keep buying it? How come they're, you know, they, is it was kind of like that. You don't understand your impact. And that's the information so, you need in order to bake other things. There you go. Yeah. To understand your value. Mm-hmm. So when you say that, when I'm saying that, that's why I said 20 years, 30 years later, 2020, I'm still learning the impact that Old Town 357 had, that it's considered a brand. Uh, we were trendsetters. Uh, we were iconic. This is what people tell me. I'm You're, not saying- You guys were pioneers this, of female hip hop. There, there you go. So when you say that, I have to understand, well, what do you really mean? Cause I didn't get that exposure experience or that knowledge back then. I'm having to be brought up to date to say, Oh, Oh, yeah. okay. That's what that means. You see what I'm saying? I guess while so, you're living it, it's, it's harder to see it from the outside and the fact that you're just embracing and understanding what it means in recent yes, years. Right. It's yes. Yes. Easy, yeah. When you're living look it, at it, 
it's it's you're in the fishbowl because it's work yeah it's, you just gotta work you gotta meet the man you gotta you know make sure your choreography is looking good that you're still in shape that you're getting enough rest and then you're touring mm. you know what i'm saying and then when you come home you want to see your family so it's really hard to understand those things from that standpoint but it's also very difficult to understand um those things if people are not the people that are over you um managing you you know mm. not sharing that experience with you and helping you grow in it you know what I mean mm -hmm. so I understand what people mean when they say that there was some restrictions or they felt you know confined I do understand that mm -hmm. I also understand the other side where it was really good um and we grew that's true I mean yeah we grew so it's it's uh we call it yin and yang exactly <laughs> every, that's every what situation it is. has that that the good and the bad to it and yeah it, and i'm sure a lot of it had to do with he had expectations for the people that were going to surround him be, in order to keep his brand the way he wanted it so that's also oh yeah part of it yeah right? it's it, it that is part of it it started out that way um there is yeah an expectation to how the brand is presented and then how that is, you know, sustained. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that had a lot to do with it. Um, but I mean, like I said, don't get it twisted. <laughs> it wasn't all peaches and cream. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then when I hear stories that other people are sharing, um, from the entertainment industry, things that they experienced, I'm like, okay, so we weren't the only ones. Mm. you know, to, to go through that. So you can't minimize your story saying, Oh, somebody else went through that. So I don't have to say anything. Go ahead and share your story. Cause it may be something you did that can help the next person That's right. um, make it through. So yeah, we, we, we learned a lot, but I can appreciate, I can appreciate now the kind of pressure because of what I saw, how I saw myself evolve even today you know what i mean so i i can appreciate the lesson all of it yeah it's, uh, i love i love how you put that together it's very very positive and and hopefully people can learn <laughs> from it you know um, i hope so yeah
Analog Brewing, winner of three awards at the 2020 Alberta Beer Awards, is a proud sponsor of the Dope Nostalgia podcast. Analog Brewing is now offering delivery within the city of Edmonton with no delivery fee on orders over 40 bucks. Go to analogbrewing.ca slash shop. That's www.analogbrewing.ca forward slash shop and place your order today. When placing an order, you could also pay it forward and take part in their Nurse a Pint program and prepay for a pint for a nurse. Mention this podcast in the order comments so they know we sent you. Analog Brewing, taking beer to the next level. Light bright, light bright, turn on the magic of colored lights. Light bright, light bright, make a face to glow at night. Smiling friends, shining bright, make a sign to say goodnight. Just pop in the colored pegs and follow the patterns. It's easy to make your favorite pictures and characters, or you can always create your own light pictures. Light bright, light bright, turn on the magic of shining lights. Light bright from Milton Bradley some silly or fun tour memories like a crazy oh, gift geez. from a fan or <laughs> <laughs> we had stalkers um we had uh i can't remember his name but he always dressed like he was a prince um <laughs> look alike so i remember him following us uh quite a bit on tour and taking pictures and sending letters stuff like that i this is sweet LD being honest, but I always seem to get the ladies who like ladies mm -hmm. attracted to me. And so I didn't just get guys, I got ladies. So I was uh, like, I don't, I don't know what that <laughs> is, but I love y'all, but, but no, you know, so that, that would happen. We would have things uh, where we would perform somewhere. And, you know, women are sending me like, like the winking eye and oh, I'm like, oh my gosh. So Terrible T would always tease me about that. Like, oh, I saw your girlfriend, you know. So <laughs> we would have those things. Um, to, we had the other situation where I would have people, and Terrible T says this too, that I was a sweet one, which I was, hence her name, Sweet LD, Terrible T. So she would always kind of mug people a little bit. You know, she seemed like the bad cop. I'm the good cop. So we had this one little girl come up and she was all hugging on me and, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, and excited. She want to take a picture. And then she bolted and went over to terrible T. I was like, you're my favorite. I was like, what, what are we doing here? Why did she just, she came up and gave me a nice little hug and like she was happy to see us, but bolted in the snap of an eye and went right over to terrible T and was like, oh, you're my favorite. I was like, what are we, what are we doing here? Am I losing the children? <laughs> so we had all kind of stuff. We were on tour once and we had a water gun fight with Jodeci in the hotel. Um, oh, that's cool. Just, yeah, all kind of stuff. I remember we got um, to Detroit and it was like a snowstorm or whatever, had been snowing. Mm. We needed to do laundry and we stepped outside and, um, left the van with my clothes. I had my clothes. She had our clothes, terrible tea. Mm -hmm. And uh, they took a couple of steps, as did I, to go to the laundromat. And the next thing they know, I disappeared. That's because I had slipped and fell. Oh, no. So, oh, it was hilarious. And they, <laughs> I was always doing goofy stuff. So yeah, it was just, um, it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. Touring was a lot of fun, especially when it was just myself, terrible tea and our dancers and our DJ. 
Mm. We like touring by ourselves without having to be under hammer and his whole, you know, uh, huge posse because it just seems to grow like crazy. So yeah, we've had all kind of little crazy stuff. We could be in a club doing a promotional thing after a show and somebody would grab my butt. That happens all the time. So yeah, there's, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff. Oh, oh, I don't want to talk about that. So anyway, yeah, (laughs) I'm gonna keep it positive because you know, you had the other kind of tour things happening too where people were uh fighting and yeah so it was it was it was an experience it was an experience just to move to to depart from the hammer part of the conversation i just wanted to end Uh with asking who's the dancer with that hair shaped like an arrow no bones no that was his yeah no bones that was his stage name why cannot remember his actual name Oh my gosh, it's not coming to me. But his stage <laughs> name was No Bones. I was always and wondering. Yeah, he worked that hair. He worked it. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. So yeah. Probably take yeah, a lot that of, was No Bones. Probably take a lot of time to get the hair like that. But it always. I think a lot of hairspray and gel went into that. <laughs> I'm not sure how he accomplished that. But yeah, that was No Bones. Now, have, yeah. have you always been a natural performer on stage? Or do you still, do you ever get nerves, stage frights? Or did it just come to you? Mm, I never got stage fright, but we were always nervous. Mm. That that doesn't go away. You're always nervous. But that's you have a good butterflies. thing. It is a good thing. Is if you can, what do you call it? Channel it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to make sure that you're not constantly rushing to the bathroom because that was my thing. I was always like, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go to the bathroom. But, you know, at some point you can't go. You got to go on out there and get the show done. So, yeah, we always had butterflies. We were always nervous. Mm. And then the energy, once the music starts and you're probably 10 seconds into the show, you're good. Oh, yeah. You're good. Yeah. Once that music starts and you're 10 seconds in and you know what's next, it's no time to worry. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can say all of us were concerned about, and this is Dancing with Hammer, mm. um, because he was a little a wild, I would say. He, you just had to make sure you were not in his way. Mm. So, yeah, because he, he would do a spin and he could hit you with the microphone. He might kick you. I mean, so those are the things we had to... That could happen in the moments when you're in the moments yes, and not seeing what's had, going on. Yeah, and you're passing each other because you're changing, you know, your position. So yes. it was a lot of movement on stage. But other than that, yeah, we always had, whether we were performing with him or on our own, we always had uh, nerves, mm. butterflies. Yeah. Now, since yeah. since you're West Coast, um, mm-hmm. during that time, the whole East West Coast thing that was happening later on too, did you have any trouble in those days when performing on the East Coast? Was there, was there, was that kind of thing ha- uh, a reality yet? It was, oh, it was, it was a definite reality. Um, nobody, I, I guess in the hip hop, uh, East Coast hip hop world really appreciated what Hammer was bringing mm. to hip hop and to rap. So we were a part of that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it was still tense. We um, had a lot of people mug us, you know, um, wow. looking at us, you know, like they didn't like us, you know, even to the point where we had um, our sound messed with sometimes, you know, or the lights messed with, or, you know, something during the show was 
messed with to mess up mm-hmm. our momentum or whatever. So yeah, we went through a lot. Wow. There was a lot of animosity. Oh yeah. Wow. We didn't miss it. We didn't miss it. It was, it was East coast, West coast. It was tense. Mm-hmm. Um, it was intense. Um, but what I've also learned uh, in the last probably 10 years, I've gone to the East coast and this was for the uh, women of hip hop conference mm-hmm. that um, Shy Rock, MC Shy Rock put on. I went for that and it was something else I did, but I was able to meet other female um, MCs, hip hop artists. And I was also able to meet some of the DJs, um, who started, you know, hip hop in the East, in the East coast and have conversation with them. And this was not even planned. This was just because I was there for that conference. And one of my friends there, um, Tymeek, he knows, uh, the history of hip hop. He knows the people who started it, um, intimately DJs and stuff like that history. I'm not really privy to because, um, and I shouldn't say that just wasn't aware of because I'm on the West coast and I don't understand how all this stuff was starting Mm. until I get with hammer, but he knows these DJs from back in the day. And so he was introducing me to them when I came to New York uh, for this conference and they were blown away. Oh my God, it's you. We loved your show. And I'm like, really? Mm. <laughs> you liked it, you know? They had to give uh, Hammer his props because of what he did for hip hop and his show and his presentation. But they also really liked what Oaktown's 357 represented and what we added mm. to hip hop as females. And so this was new to me. This was totally new to me. And I felt better about yeah just what we contributed because again these are people that you think you know for the for the whole story that was told that you know east coast doesn't like the west coast and they don't get along but you know people i guess who are um what do you call that it's a word i'm looking for but they are the the ones who started this whole movement could appreciate the diversity they might not have liked Hammer for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, look, this is, you know, open to people who have something to say. They deserve a voice as well. And hip hop is not going to always look the same. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, they actually told me that. They liked Oaktown 357. Yeah. It's nice to hear all of this later on. And, realize, <laughs> you know, it would have been, been great at the time. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like, well, where were you 20 years ago? You know what I mean? <laughs> but but yeah. yeah, it is. It's good to hear. And I still appreciate it. It's, you know, like I said, it's, it's a, a, a constantly evolving um, experience for me. You know, we walked away um, and we really didn't walk away. We were released from um, our record contract. Mm. Um, but that was like in 92, yeah 93 something like that so we you know before that during it and afterwards we did not have access to people in the industry and i'm saying for myself as sweet ld and terrible t as oaktown's 357 we were not allowed to have those kind of networking um conversations interactions with people so I didn't have a phone number to, you know, let's say just for instance, Moni Love and be like, um, 
hey girl what's going on nope you know what I mean yeah I didn't know yo-yo intimately or Medusa who's out of the west coast or some of the other females that are coming out of the west coast have come out of the I didn't know them yeah you know what I'm saying sugar tea I didn't talk to her until oh my god for the first time ever in life um probably until 2011 or 12. Hmm. This is Sugar T, E-40's sister in Vallejo, California, mm-hmm. where Oaktown 357 is just over the bridge or down the road in Oakland. We never interacted. We never communicated. So, and, you know, you start out in 86 or 87, whatever it was, 88, 89. Yeah. You start out and you go until 93. But at that time, we were not put in a position um, which goes back to the restrictions that some people spoke about to have those phone numbers to connect with people in industry to have conversations or anything relationships with people who were outside of the hammer organization so isn't there a way that other people who knew of you could contact you or was that like well they didn't want to mess with hammer that's who they contacted and then so they, they wasn't only there. had the number right so if they only have the business phone number of busted records and they're supposed to talk to i don't know whoever might have answered the phone at that time to book promotions or book tours or book magazine interviews or whatever and then they're not there then how do you reach out to because busted was our management company and record label after capital you know they took us off the capital records so if you don't have that front person you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then who do you reach out to? No kidding. I, yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't aware that that that's what happened. Uh, oh yeah. In that position. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what happened. So that's why I didn't know uh, the other side of how people in the industry felt about MC Hammer or whatever. I mean, you mm-hmm. you could say, um, and I'm just saying generally, there might be somebody out there who's like, oh, you know, he's not this or he's not that, but or he could put on a show. Mm-hmm. You know, his dancers were this or, you know, you have people who felt like that. And then you have other people who are like, no, no, he did. But you wouldn't hear all of that, mm-hmm. you know, because you're enclosed in making this whole thing work and keeping up the presentation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Making the brand solid. So when you come out of that, mm-hmm. who do you talk to? You know, who do you reach out to? It almost seems like being in a situation like that's like almost being in a purgatory and coming out of it and going now what do we do <laughs> <laughs> so what what do, what, so what do you, you do purgatory? i couldn't think oh of the God. proper word like to describe it's like it's not real life it's not real life and then all of a sudden oh now now we don't have that umbrella anymore but see that's the thing it is real life yeah. it is very real And the only way that you know that it's real is because you were taking a breath every step of the way to make sure you survived it. I like that. Yeah. Now I'm here to see the result of my work. I'm here now to understand the result of my work. That's my work. He didn't make me. Mm -hmm. He didn't create me. He, pre- he presented, he created an environment mm-hmm. where I, had, I was challenged to now become who I am. Do you see what I'm saying? That's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's, I don't see it as, as 
purgatory. It was very overwhelming. It was very challenging. There were some very difficult times, um, some dark times. But then on top of that, you know, we made it through um, in that to get up on that stage and make everybody feel good Mm. and be like, you know, this is the only moment that matters right now is us being here with you on this stage or even doing a video you know, um, we made it. Yeah. Yeah. We made it. So I don't think it was, <laughs> no, that was just the wrong word choice. <laughs> wrong word. Choice. No, it was funny. It was funny though. <laughs> as but long as you yeah. get a kick out of it. Yeah, no, it was funny, but yeah, that's why I appreciate now, um, creating, um, Oh, whatever whispers of my presence that I'm doing right now where people are like, Hey, you know, that's sweet LD. Let me holler at her and see what's going on with her and see how she's doing. And then people share with me, Oh my God, did you know that we, we did your song in our talent show at school, or we did your song at the church, you know, Aww. barbecue. Uh, yeah. We used to wear our hair like you and terrible tea and we had the patent leather shoes and there's guys that yeah. your poster was on my wall and I was going to marry terrible tea. And so I'm hearing that which I didn't really get to see that. You know what I mean? I saw a YouTube video where you walked down the aisle at a wedding in your your outfits from the music video. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Those are my guys. That's uh, Benny and Nathan Mm -hmm. and they're in Austin. And they were the first ones to give myself and Terrible T really and Lil P the first opportunity to come back and perform after all these years. So, um, we became friends and they are just like, so freaking crazy cool. Mm. Um, but they hit me up and they were like, well, we're getting married and blah, blah, I'm like, what? And they said, yeah, we want you to be the flower girl. I was like, I'm a grown woman. What are you talking about? <laughs> but they had a very, um, unique wedding in that they had this lady playing was it a lady or a guy? Oh my gosh. I think it was a guy dressing up like the woman who would not issue the, um, wedding license, uh, licenses, marriage licenses. Mm-hmm. I can't think of her name, something Davis maybe, but they had a guy dress up like her denying the marriage licenses. And then they had this wrestler come out who was a real, real wrestler <laughs> and, Oh, it was crazy. So they did all of that. And then I was the flower girl who was to come down the aisle and you know, in the juicy got you crazy outfit. They were yes. serious about that. When they said, well, I was like, are y'all kidding me right now? And they were like, no. So I told my husband, he was like, go for it. And I said, okay. So. Oh yeah. You, yeah. you worked it. Oh, it, it was, was great. so much fun. Um, and I love them for that. So we're still friends. Like those are my guys. Those uh, are my dudes or girls. I think they like whatever you know what I mean so yeah I did that but they were the first ones I think it was in 2012 they were having the Austin Pride Festival mm-hmm. and they reached out to Oaktown 357 to perform and I had just reconnected with Lil P on Facebook and found Terrible T on MySpace Mm. It was crazy because MySpace was still popular back then. But I asked them, did they want to do the show? And they were like, yeah, you know, and um, due to some other things, Chelsea T couldn't make it. But Lil P and I rehearsed and practiced and got a show together. And when I tell you we was tired, <laughs> uh. <laughs> that was so funny because we were like, oh, my. It was a 25 minute show. And I mean, we were exhausted because we hadn't performed like that in years. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and especially for Lil P, she left so early on. That's true. Before we did the first video. So this was like way new for her. But it was hot. It was Texas hot. It was crazy. <laughs> and um, yeah, we had a great time. So yeah, that was fun being a flower girl. That was fun. I have retired the outfit. It is uh, officially retired. You still I have cleaned it, I it. hope. I still have it. Good. I'm not giving it away. Love that uh, hat. But it is ret- I'm not putting it back on. But yes, <laughs> I still have the hat and I'm not putting it back on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do it. So well, yeah. a good way to retire it. Oh, yeah. Huh. It, they were the ones that saw it last. And, you know, we tweaked it a little bit uh, because I am older now. So it didn't fit the same. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, it was good. still in Oakland? Oh, no, I'm in Texas now. You're in Texas? Fort Worth, Texas. Yes, I'm in Texas. Beautiful. I've. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Canada. I'm in a city called, Ed- hey! Ed- called Edmonton in Alberta. So we're pretty What's much, that? we're like the Texas of Canada. We're- Seriously? <laughs> we're pretty much, we're like, if you ever hear much about like the oil stuff that comes out of Canada, uh-huh. that's where we uh-huh. are. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Okay. The Texas of Canada. That's interesting. Yeah. So are you guys hot up like, like Texas? Do you guys get nope. the heat up there? Nope. Okay. <laughs> we get, well, we get- I just thought maybe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we aren't, we aren't like a, a ice blizzard or anything, but we do have like three or four really nice months of summer. Like now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You get a sincere, a true summer. We you do. do get. We get the seasons. Okay. Yes. All four seasons. Oh, Okay. So that's no, nice. we don't. We get bipolar. That's what Texas is. It's wow. bipolar. You never know from one minute to the next what it's going to be. I love the heat down there, though. I love heat. Oh, I'm glad you do, because this heat is no <laughs> joke. Humidity, no humidity is a little rough sometimes because nothing ever the dries. Humidity is vicious. Yeah. Let's be honest. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but it keeps you looking youthful. It keeps the, the, the skin looking good. It's true. It's good for you. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Now, I wanted you to tell me a little bit about Oakland. And for those who have never visited, what is your favorite go-to spot when you go back? 
I don't think it's going to be there. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's a lot of gentrification in Oakland right now. But Oakland was kind of like, for me, when I grew up, it was a major community. Like, I live in a cul-de-sac right now. And so we have our own small community of neighbors. The houses in this cul-de-sac, we all know each other. And we'll take care of each other. So to me, that's how Oakland was. You could go anywhere in the Bay and not feel like a stranger. Mm. So that was then. Um, and that was before um, probably the early 80s, the right. mid 80s, because then you had the crack epidemic come and it kind of changed the dynamics. You had a few little, I can't say little, but you know, gang um, type situation mm-hmm. popping off. Um, so it did change the dynamic, but you still felt um the sense of community because that's what you came from. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew everybody, you know what I'm saying? So at the time, maybe one of my favorite spots was Baskin and Robbins. Now that's the truth. I mean, and Silks was the other one uh, because Silks was the club I, I frequented and had a great time at. Um, and Baskin and Robbins was where I just ate a lot of sugary, fattening ice cream. <laughs> Uh, so those are my faves that I can remember. Um, and then there was Lake Berryessa. I want to say Lake Berryessa and another place my family used to go all the time during the summer. Um, Don Castro. Mm-hmm. So Don Castro, Lake Berryessa, Baskin and Robbins. And what else did I say? Silks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was, those are my spots coming up as a child. Um, and then just being at my friend's house. But Oakland was very homey. Mm. it was very homey it was very um what do you call it uh political the black panther yeah. party um oh. it's very creative with all the groups that came out there you know you, you you still have e40 you got too short you got tony 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 in vogue oh, nice. very musically creative yeah um sly and the family i mean all of these people you know in the bay so yeah it was it was it was a lot going on there and not in a negative way in a very positive way you know but yeah I had a great childhood I think I got bullied mm-hmm. <laughs> I got all that kind of stuff I was bullied in school I was bullied by boys who liked me and that's usually what their I, girlfriend that's what yeah. it usually boils down to it is yeah. when the girls get yeah. bullied yeah, by the boys yeah so the boys are liking me and wanting to bully me because of that and the girls are jealous and wanting to fight me so I mm-hmm. went through all of that I did I went through all of that and ended up at a um all girls high school yeah so yeah yeah it was but I mean I just think Oakland was like one of the bomb places to grow up because it was very eclectic you know um and you just felt at home. It doesn't feel the same now, you know. Mm-hmm. But I haven't been back in, um, oh, my goodness. What is this, 2020? Yeah. Oosh. It's been a couple of years. Mm-hmm. It's been a couple of years for sure that I haven't been back. I always still feel the original sense, like this is home. Yeah. But a lot has changed in the Bay. A lot has changed. Yeah. But it'll always be my home. Now, with you being one of the pioneers of female hip hop, breaking down a lot, hey. of bar- a lot of barriers <laughs> broken down. And yes, what do you feel we can do as women and women in the entertainment industry as well to help lift each other? Um, oh, my gosh. That's a pretty loaded question. 
Yeah, because sometimes you just see sometimes women just spend a lot of time tearing each other down instead of doing what I think because yeah, there's a there's a what is it? An unfair expectation that we all know what's best for the other person. Mm -hmm. I think if that makes sense, like I can't say what's best for um, any other female coming up in hip hop and what's the best way for her to express herself. I can't. Mm -hmm. And the only reason why I say that is because I went through the same thing. Mm -hmm. We went through the same thing as Oaktown 757. They didn't like our outfits. They didn't feel like we uh, could rap. They didn't like the lyrics. They didn't like the the dancing. They didn't like the delivery and they're not real this. And you go through this whole scrutiny um, of having to meet standards that weren't there. Yeah. There were no standards per se of hip hop as far as I'm concerned. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. When it started out so early and these were the, the components, you, you, what school was there to say, okay, you have to rap like this and this, is, this should be your delivery and this is your, who, who? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because Queen Latifah didn't sound like MC Light. MC Light didn't sound like Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown didn't sound like Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim didn't sound like anybody. Moni Love, nobody else sounded like you understand what I'm saying? As far as females are concerned, mm-hmm. the males didn't sound alike. Big Daddy Kane did not sound like Cool Modi or Curtis Blow or Egg Bean. Nobody sounded the same. Mm-hmm. So if variety, if diversity is allowed on your side of the coast, why not on ours? Why can't we find our voice in this genre of music? Why can't we create? You understand what I'm saying? Yes. So I can't um, really say for any female coming up right now to what's the best way for her to express herself, except for her to be authentic. If that's what you're going to start with, leave room to grow. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. If you're going to start with wherever you start, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Leave room for yourself to grow and reinvent yourself. Maybe present a different side of yourself. Because what people saw from Oaktown 357 was the biker shorts, the platen, the patent leather shoes, the exercise tops. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how we started. And then the next thing you know, we're wearing suits coming out of the bank and speaking about how much money we made. There was a growth. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's all I would say is be as authentic as you can in the environment that you're in and allow yourself, allow yourself to grow not by their standards, but by your own. You know what I'm saying? And, and that would be the best thing to, to lift us up um, because we can all grow. That's fantastic. Yeah, we can all grow. Yeah. What do you do to take care of you? Lord help us. <laughs> <laughs> I think nowadays we have a lot. There's, there's a, so, it's been such the last few months and just everything like we, yeah. need, we need to 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 take care of ourselves to take care of others so yeah what, what do you do for the, to to make yourself feel good and <clears throat> well okay i dance 
I'll turn music on and I'll just dance around the house. Um, I color in a coloring book. I love that. And I do yoga. Um, and then sometimes I just have to sit and be like, um, I don't feel like doing nothing. Why do I? Mm-hmm. I just have to assess where I'm at yeah. um, every day. And then I have to cheer myself on. You did good. You know, just you did great. Don't overjudge yourself, you know, but it is, it's, it's work. Mm. It's work. It's work for anybody. And um, I think especially now with the way this year has started out, mm. I'm excited because this is June 1st. This is the start of the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. So I'm praying that there is some type of ease, I, I some kind of something to give us all a moment to just breathe and be like, oh, Lord, we have made it thus far. Yeah. We need some water. We need a towel to wipe our brows. We need to get our clothes on together, maybe change our, our shoes so we can go the next six months. And hopefully it will be better. But this, this whole year, this part of the year, because it's not over yet, has no. been challenging for people in ways that I don't think they knew no. uh, that they would have to face, you know, so um, just stepping back, yeah. you know, cause my husband said to me the other day, well, the boys have to get back on um, a schedule. And we were, we just did Ramadan. I had explained that to you. That's why I couldn't do the interview with you um, no, sooner, absolutely. Absolutely. but we did Ramadan before it was Ramadan. It was, um, what do you call that? Uh, spring break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before that, Kobe Bryant, you know, before yeah. that you had the, the fires in, um, Australia. I mean, it's like, what, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so he was fussing. It has been one thing after another. And one day my boys went to school, came home thinking spring break was going to be a great vacation. And next thing you know, it's extended. And now they haven't been back to school. Mm-hmm. So they've been thrown into constantly having to adjust to now doing lessons online everybody's been kind of thrown to this into this thing because I was teaching five classes a week as far as fitness classes I think it was five or six classes mm-hmm. a week I was teaching I was in school um, my husband is a teacher he's a professor and my boys are in school so we had mm-hmm. this routine you know what I mean everything's going along and then all of a sudden it just hits and it stopped it's just ground a stop yeah. so you have that and then um, Ramadan like I said we're still trying to do things that would help us feel some type of normalcy Mm -hmm. but every time you know you you get into a new rhythm you just got to step back and say hey wait a minute let me catch my breath because this is not the norm yet you know and so my boys are who I was worried about um because like I said my husband wanted to get them back on a regular schedule I said sir you have to realize they're younger than we are Mm -hmm. and if we're off balance Mm -hmm. they're having to do the same thing we're having to do with less experience you know what I mean? Yeah. So you can't push them. So I've just tried to, at this point in this 2020, taking care of myself, just sit down, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it is. If I want to binge a TV show, I'm binging. I'm not going to judge myself. <laughs> I'm just saying, no, it's you know, good. I'm not going to judge myself and be like, you know, you should be studying today. Oh, I, mean- I say it. But I don't move. I'm like, okay, I'm binging you've today. Got, you've you know? got to give yourself that space and time to just just breathe have mind, or have mindless entertainment or yes, whatever it is you need yes, to, to yes. regroup, you know? Yes, yes. But, it, you know, those are the things. And then trying to eat right, but your child out and binged. Oh, Lord, we ain't going to talk about it. <laughs> so, 
just those things to keep my sanity is yoga. I've danced, I've done yoga, and I've been coloring in my coloring book um, a lot here lately, um, just to kind of just take a mental break, you know, let it be. So yeah, that those are the things I try to do to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What um, what uh, projects are you working on? Then you are obviously, like you said, be working um, finishing your classes. Um, are you doing Yay! anything? Are you doing anything again with music? Anything projects that you want to plug? Those are the things that I'm trying to marry. So I'm trying to marry the fitness with the music. Mm-hmm. Um, get back to teaching classes or you know, however that's going to look now. Um, since we can't do the, what do you call that? We have to do the social distancing. So yeah, finding a place to, um, present my classes and then post it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And if I can marry that, that this is sweet LD and people can see me outside of the gym or the dance studio, then that would marry the music, um, with the fitness. And then I'm sure at that point, things will take off, uh, I just see it. It's like speaking engagements and big dance classes, places where we can now get together after this whole Corona thing is, is done with. And then I have been in talks with uh, producers about doing new music. So we just have to see how that goes. Yeah. I don't know if I'm really ready for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We did a song, not too, a couple of songs, not too long ago, me and Lil P it was fun, but I just like that people like what we did before. And it doesn't take a lot of thought. If you want to do a show, you just put that music on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people are still dancing to Juicy and yeah, yeah, yeah. And so on and so forth. So it's just kind of feeling it out. It doesn't seem like artists who um, are from that era, when they do new music, it doesn't seem to be as well-received. Not that it's not good, but just not well-received because you have so many artists out now mm-hmm. who are taking up radio space and video space. So it's very, it's, it's very challenging. You're right. Uh, like yeah. your hard, your hardcore fans will, uh, will take in the new music and want to hear it. All, True. All yes. You're right. You're and, right. You're right. And, yeah. and a lot of times when you release an album at, at other points in your career, it's you, you're doing it for you too. Like you're doing it. You do have to do it for yourself. For your own musical outlet. yeah that's true so and I feel that you know what I mean that's why I said just kind of kind of see how it it comes together but I feel like there's still music Mm. in me I've done a book of poems I still like there's still poems in me so that's awesome yeah I'm gonna work on another book and then I have um, one for fitness that I want to do so I want I want to plug all your stuff on the show and I want to promote like, where can we find you online? Like for me, I need to get off my butt and see some fitness. And <laughs> my sister, I said, so I weighed myself. I said, wow, in two months of being inside, I'm still the same weight. How did this happen? My sister goes, because your muscles deteriorated and that's fat. <laughs> and I said, oh no, you're right. My pants are too tight. So anyway, yeah. Where can oh, we, that is where, hilarious. Where, yes, where can we find like, you and get like online so that we can follow your music and all your goals and get into being active and this is so awesome i love this so you know i'm on facebook already suhaila sabir and then there's suhaila sweet ld sabir right. and we have official oak towns 357 on facebook that's all on facebook okay and then on instagram is a fo- official oak towns 357 
Um, and then at Sweet LD357. So that's where I am. And so once I make this change, I want y'all to just jump in and dance with me. I'll be there. I'm in. Yes, exciting. <laughs> Are you not walking? I'm walking, walking. I'm not doing enough. I'm going to go for a uh -huh. walk after we talk because I got stuff to get done. So I, I may as yeah. well, instead of driving, I should walk there. <laughs> oh, you can walk to wherever you have to go? That is yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, lucky. It's not a big city. I'm in a small city. It's fine. <laughs> are you in a small city? Okay. But they're known for the oil, huh? Okay. Yes. Yes, they are. Okay. Um, so I'm really grateful for your time today. It's been an honor to talk to you. And I want to appreciate it. And I want to yes. have more strong female guests like yourself on the show to encourage and inspire other other ladies. So fantastic. I thank you for so much for your time. Thank you for speaking with me. I thank you for the invitation. Sweet LD, amazing. I had such a good time talking to her. Such positive energy and, you know, very encouraging. She's getting me out there and moving and feeling good about myself. And yeah, it was a very inspiring chat. Thank you so much, Sweet LD, for being on the show. And yes, I'm hoping to get more strong female role models on the show um, as soon as I can. I'm going to keep asking them to uh, come join us. Because we have a good time here on Dope Nostalgia, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Next episode, I'm going to be joined by my friend Ruben Anderson, and we're talking about the band Odds. So we had a great conversation about Odds, and then we took it one step further, and I asked their lead singer, Craig Northey, to join us, and he said yes. So hey, we got an interview with Craig from Odds coming up on our next episode. Take care of yourselves out there. It's a really rough world right now. I hope to uh, hear from you soon. Make sure you drop us a line at the show. Colin's going to tell you as we take it out on how you can get a hold of us. Social media, yeah, we've got it. Send us an email. Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Nostalgia Dope. Or on Insta, Dope underscore Nostalgia. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.